0: Welcome to the podcast at Wilburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Luke chapter 1. As I said before, we often see a pattern in Scripture. When we, when we read through all of the Bible, we see some things happening over and over again. In, in theology, they call those things types, where there's a, a type of Christ. Something in the Old Testament that's similar to Christ that's to come, and it points the way towards Christ. Um, I read from Samuel, but you may think of before Samuel, there was another uh, woman that was barren that God promised a child to, Sarah. Abraham uh, was promised that he would have a child through Sarah. And Sarah was over 90 years old. And yet God was faithful to that promise. And he gave them Isaac. And then later we read another story. We're in the Judges period. And we, we read about Samson. The birth of Samson. His parents were old His mother was supposed to be barren and yet an angel came to them as well and told them they would have a child who would be a Nazarite from birth. He would never drink any wine. He would never have have his hair cut. He would not be able to touch dead things. And Samson was born who was a sinful man but yet he was a savior for his people. And then... Later on, we see the time of Samuel. I just read that passage of Hannah. She was barren. She was unable to have a child. And God was working in her life and in the life of His people Israel. And He promised Hannah, this woman who was beyond childbearing age, that she would have a child. She gave birth to Samuel she dedicated him to the Lord's work. We see that time and time again within the Bible. And here in Luke, we see another story. It's pointing forward to Christ. All these other stories were of, of women who were beyond childbearing years. And God did a miracle in allowing them to have a child and They all point forward to an even greater miracle, which we'll look at in a few weeks, of of a virgin birth, of a woman who was young and who had never been with a man and who gave birth to the Son of God. But today we're going to look at the forerunner, the forerunner of Jesus, John the Baptist. We'll, uh, We'll read the story. From Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no Child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell down upon him. But the angel said, Do not be afraid. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before them, before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to, to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, for they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked upon me to take away my reproach among people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. We thank you that you are faithful to your promises. We thank you for your word in which you have spoken to us. You have given us great and precious promises. Lord, give us ears to hear and give us eyes to see this morning. And Father, pray that you would be with me. A wretched sinner. I pray that you would give me the power to speak your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Zechariah was a priest. He was of that priestly line. He was um, a descendant of Aaron. And the, the priests had different divisions that would come and they would serve in the temple at different... Times. There were there were many, many different priests. All of the descendants of Aaron among the men would have been priests. If you were your father was a priest, you were a priest. And and all all of these, there were hundreds and hundreds of them. In fact, there were 24 divisions, and each division of these priests would take one week or two weeks out of the year to serve for the temple. And as I was reading. I found that there were so many people so many men that were priests in this day that it was expected that a man might be able to go into the temple to offer incense like Zechariah was doing probably one time in his entire life because there were so many priests that's how how often you you would be able to come up to be able to and and by lot they they cast lots they, they rolled the dice to decide who was going to be able to go this year. Whose turn would it be? And the lot fell on Zechariah. And he went, which was probably the highlight of his career. He had waited as a priest all of his life to be able to do this one thing. To be able to go inside of the temple. To be able to burn the incense offering. And to be able to pray to the Lord. This was, this was probably the greatest highlight of his entire life. But he didn't know what was about to hit him. He didn't know at all. See, he was going in to do business with God. This was serious business. I've heard stories of how when a priest would go in to do this service, they would tie a bell around his legs so that and a rope going on out, so that if he died while he was in the presence of God, they would know because the bell would stop ringing and they would pull be able to pull him back out because they dare not enter the presence of God. Zechariah, he goes in there and he sees a vision. An angel comes to him. Just all that that I've explained about about the expectation Zechariah was feeling. He walks into this temple and he sees an angel Just think how afraid you would be. This bright and shining angel. We've heard descriptions of the angels before. Of of Isaiah chapter 6. About those angels that stand before the throne of God. and They had six wings. And with two they covered their face. With two they covered their feet. And with two they flew. And they cried out holy, holy, holy. All the time. This angel stands before this man, Zechariah. He tells him, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, for your prayer has been heard. What kind of prayer was Zechariah praying? Well, it doesn't give us his prayer. We might think that he was praying for a child, but you know, this was, this was not a time for his own self-centered business. If he were to go, he was going into the temple to work on behalf of all of the people of Israel... I believe whenever Zechariah was going into that temple and going in and burning that altar of incense, his prayer was for the people and his prayer was for the coming of the Messiah. God's people looked forward from the very beginning, from the Garden of Eden, from the fall. God gave a promise to Adam and Eve. There would one day be someone who was coming, a seed of the woman, a descendant of Eve, who would come and would crush the serpent's head. They were looking for that Messiah. They were looking for one who was the blessing of Abraham, who would come one day. They were looking for that one who was a descendant of Abraham who would bless all nations through him. They were looking for the one who was going to be the son of David, who would be king, who would sit on the throne of David forever. And Zechariah went into that temple to burn that incense and he prayed, Lord, send your Messiah, save your people. The angel meets him and says, "Zechariah, your prayer has been heard." And then Zechariah tells him, "Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord." Turn back to the very last paragraph of the Old Testament in Malachi, chapter 4. How does the Old Testament end? Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet... Before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with the decree of utter destruction. The Old Testament ends with this promise there is coming one who will come with the like Elijah. And he's going to be someone who's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children to the fathers... Zechariah is standing here before an angel and the angel tells him, your son that will be born to you in your old age is going to come in the spirit and the power of Elijah. He's going to come and turn the hearts of the children to the fathers and the fathers to the children. Zechariah is being told by this angel, your son is going to be the answer that we've all been waiting for and he's going to come and prepare a way for the Messiah, the one who is going to be that seed of the woman who's going to come and crush the serpent's head. Zechariah. He said, how shall I know this? The angel interpreted this as being faithless. He didn't believe. Zechariah didn't believe that it was true what was said. But he should have believed. He was he was a priest. He was going into the temple to pray for the people of God, to pray that God would send his Messiah. And when he gets his answer, how do I know? How do I know? Gabriel points out Zechariah should have believed. Him. That's the whole purpose he was there. And yet, he he didn't expect his prayer would be answered. We can hardly blame him. Gabriel, the angel, tells uh, tells Zechariah, he's going to be struck dumb. He won't be able to speak until the things take place. Now, you can imagine the people outside they're getting kind of nervous. He's taken a long time in there. It doesn't take that long to go in and burn, burn the incense. And they're thinking, maybe, maybe he's died. Maybe something has happened. Do, do we need to pull him out? But he comes out, and something amazing has happened. When he comes out, all the people realize he can't talk. He went in and he was fine. He went into the temple. He could speak just like you or me, and. He walks out of the temple and he can't talk. He tries to make kind of signs with his hands, some sign language to be able to communicate what had happened, that he'd seen a vision. And all the people understood that he'd been with God. He had seen a vision. And The text tells us, verse 24, After these days his wife Elizabeth conceived. And for five months, she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when He looked upon me to take away the repro- my reproach among people. You know, in the very beginning of the passage, it said Zechariah and his wife were blameless. They were righteous people. And yet, they had no child. And she was barren. And, and people would look upon that The the idea of barrenness. The idea of childlessness. And they would think, well, God must not be blessing them. They must be sinners. The point that Luke makes at the very beginning here is they were were righteous people. They were blameless before the Lord. Leaves the question, why were they childless? Why were they childless? At the end of the story we see how the Lord has opened Zechariah's wife Elizabeth's womb. She was expecting a child and her reproach, that reproach that people were looking on her and, and wondering what had she done wrong, what had she done wrong. That reproach was taken away. She was expecting a child, the one who would come before the Messiah. It's a neat story. It's a story we we think of at Christmas time. It's not the main story. Usually, we think about Luke chapter two and the birth of Jesus and the manger and no room at the inn and all of those things. But before we get to Christmas, we have John the Baptist. We have Zachariah. We have Elizabeth. In this story of God's faithfulness, what do we make of it for us? What does this mean for us? It points out that God is faithful to His promises. He promised a Messiah to come. He promised that He would send someone like Elijah to go before the Messiah and He delivered on His promises. He has promised for believers many great and precious promises. He has promised to make us like Jesus. He has promised That He would never leave us or forsake us. He has promised so much. He has promised that when we die, we will be with Him. He has promised that when we have our faith in Him, we will be raised on the last day and we will see our Savior in His glory. He has promised so much to believers. How will we know That we will receive these promises. We ask the same question Zechariah did. How do we know that God will be faithful to us? How do we know that He will be faithful to His promises? And we look back to the stories. The Old Testament and the New. And we see His faithfulness in the past. And because of His faithfulness in the past, we know that He will be faithful to us in the future to come. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.